When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith. You are listening to the world's first and therefore greatest football-football mashup podcast. Uh, we've got a great show for you to, uh, tonight, today, this afternoon, depending on when you're listening. Um, special guest on the who is a, an expert on the history of football in all of its forms. So... Uh, we are really excited for, for what we have tonight. We know that the Nations League roster dropped. We will not be talking about that on this episode. We will be talking about that on the next episode. So uh, really excited to get started, and, and here's our guest. Okay, uh, Dave, do I have you on the line? Yes, you do. All right, great. My guest today, Dave Warner, t- uh, wrote about the, the NFL, international soccer, which also known as football, uh, the Rugby World Cup, the Australian Football League, and the Australian Football League for the AOL sports blog Fan House from 06 to 08. Uh, he also has written extensively about the origins and evolution of modern football in all of its forms, uh, clearly, on his own blogs. He is an avid supporter of the North Carolina Courage of the NWSL and is a regular contributor to the Six Point Weekend podcast, which discusses the Courage and also North Carolina FC Please welcome Dave Warner. Thanks for having me on, Asa. Absolutely. So I, I got to ask, uh, b- before we get started, um, do you know Naomi Osaka? I do, yes. That was big news around these parts when uh, Naomi was named the uh, co-owner for the North Carolina Courage. So we all reached out to her on Twitter and thanked her for her support. That's that's awesome. I mean, I, I guess I have to be a little meta here, but this is now like the fifth sport that we've discussed in some fashion on this podcast and we like bill ourselves is very focused on football and football and i think i think tennis is now number five so i'm pretty 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 excited (laughs) well i mean uh, all football effectively comes from the same place so it it, you know you could talk about any form of football and it, it essentially has pretty much the same roots right so that actually brings me to to sort of my first question um 
like where where does this all come from? Because, you know, there, there's a there's a joke amongst, you know, Americans and, and people elsewhere about the word football and the name football. And it clearly, you know, 11 aside grass is sort of the same across it. But but where you know, where where does this come from? So there's actually seven uh, football codes on the planet, seven major football codes on the planet. You've got your association football, AKA soccer. Um, you've got the, the rugby codes, which are rugby league and rugby union. Rugby union was first. And then rugby floated over to the Americas and that gave us the gridiron codes, which was American football and Canadian football. Plus you have Australian football and you have Gaelic football in Ireland. And all of these kind of come from the same place, which is essentially mob football games in England. <laughs> and when I say mob, I mean actual actual mob it's like these were these big once a year shrove tide celebrations where everybody from one side of town would compete against everybody from other side another side of town and the entire town was the playing field and the mayor would literally throw a ball into this mob and they would all try and push their way to like one end of the town or the other depending on who actually had the ball and the only rules of the game were don't murder anybody um, can I tell you how excited I am that the origin of football and, 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 and this works across football, you know, gridiron football or, or, uh, soccer is actual local regional hatred. Like that's so perfect. Yes. Yes. The fact there, there was a book I read a while, uh, called the ball. I'm trying to look over to see who the author was. It was, uh, John, John Fox is the name of the author. And, he wrote about um, this one particular town that had a rivalry. The people who lived uptown were called the uppies and the people who lived downtown were called the doonies. And they had literally this, this ingrained, you know, sense of pride for the part of town that they lived in, in part because of this once a year across the entire town game that they played, which I believe they're still playing today. You will still find mob football in some small towns in England. Um, what eventually happened was that sometime around the 18th century, um, a bunch of English school headmasters looked down their nose at all these peasants and said, let's, yeah, let's, let's go and uh, civilize these games a bit. Cause you know, the, the Brits were big on civilizing everything back in those days. I, and, I feel like I need to just take a moment and say, like, <laughs> we're not, we love, we love history. We're not getting into the implications of, no. of, 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 of uppity British folks who want to quote civilize <laughs> civilize things. everything. Yes. Uh, but anyway, but the idea was that they, they wanted to basically turn these games into something that, you know, their boys could play in school to keep them fit. And I don't know, prevent them from masturbating as well. Um, it's always so, that, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Especially during the Victorian era. Um, right. So we, what ended up happening was that these two sort of distinct types of games started forming. Uh, you had schools that had big wide open fields where kids can run around and tackle each other, most notably the rugby school. And then you had schools in London that basically didn't have any fields at all. They had just these stone cloisters that people could play in and you couldn't like tackle anyone in there. Someone's brains might see the light of day. So they basically created this kicking and dribbling game and which sort of became the the roots of soccer so fast forward a few years and 
Britain starts building railways and schools are all like, hey, we can actually play against other schools. The only problem was nobody played the same game of football. So the headmasters would essentially have to meet up in advance to agree upon the rules of the game. And as kids graduated, uh, they created football clubs and the clubs all had the same problem. And eventually a group of clubs get together and say, you know what, let's come up with one uniform set of rules that everyone can play by. And that was the football association, AKA the FA. Right. So they, and they were the ones who created the first rules of football in eight, the first official rules of association football in 1863. Of course, the rugby folks were all like, eh, we're, we're going to play our own game over here. And so they created their own organization, the Rugby Football Union, in 1872. And rugby eventually floats over to New England and to Canada. And Harvard goes nuts over rugby in the 1870s. And some bastard from Yale says, hey, we fought this war of independence against Great Britain. Why are we playing these British football games? Let's develop our own game. Uh, said bastard's name was Walter Camp. I, I was going to say that I like, let's see, Dick from Yale. That's, that's Walter Camp. I, 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 like, I, it was like, I was like following you. I was like, wait a minute. I know where this is going. I yeah. know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> so he he created the initial the initial down and distance rules that became you know the roots of American football. Uh, in Ireland, meanwhile, they have sort of the same antipathy towards the UK, and they create their own game uh, that is based loosely off of the old Irish game of hurling. If you actually watch the two games together, they're very similar. And then, meanwhile, in Australia. Um, they, you know, some folks, some colonists brought, you know, whatever football game they came up with there and they combined it with this Aboriginal game that was known as Marne Grook, which was essentially a guy kicking a ball into the air and everyone kind of scrambling to catch it. And whoever caught it got to kick it next. Uh, and that kind of became this, um, focal point of Australian football, which is essentially created to keep cricket players fit during the winter. So they, and that's where all this uh, football comes from. That I'm see what's, what's so funny about that, at least from my point of view, is that like, you know, when people talk about, you know, both association football, you know, soccer and, and American football, gridiron football, like the whole thing of it is so local, you know, like, even even today, um, like there are certain styles of of football, American football that like mm -hmm. you know no nobody in the in the upper Midwest in the Big Ten country where I'm from would until you know probably even 10, 15 years ago nobody would be caught dead running in an air raid spread, you know you like you right. know, that's not how we play football here and you see it today you know in in soccer where it's like oh but could leo messi do it on a cold tuesday in stoke and yes he could of um, course he he's, could he's leo messi like he's, he's really good at this game yes but like the whole thing is like like even like the origins of of the game are like local crap where it's like all right we're gonna we would never be caught dead playing a British game. Let's uh, make it mm -hmm. stop every play or so. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which, which is, you know, the funniest part is, is how the whole, how the forward pass even came into existence. Cause initially there was no forward pass. It was literally, you had three plays to go five yards and they were all running plays. 
Again, so, this, this sounds a lot like my childhood growing up in Big Ten country. Well, yeah, we three were, yards, three yeah. yards in a cloud of dust in Big Ten country, right? Correct. I was not uh, informed that the forward pass was allowed until Nick Saban left Michigan State. So, like <laughs> two thousand. Both Schembechler in particular hated the forward pass. Hated because it. he his his whole thing was that there are always there are three things that can happen and two of them are bad. So right. he was never a big proponent of it. So the the, uh, the forward pass. Bo Schembechler, not an analytics guy. No. Not an analytics guy. <laughs> no, not at all. So the whole thing about the forward pass is that this actually started, I believe it was in 1890. And another name you'll recognize, John Heisman. That's head a coach. Name. Yep, head coach of Georgia Tech. Uh, he was at this one particular game between Georgia and North Carolina, probably scouting the teams. Um, historically a dreadful game. Uh, and then some point in the fourth quarter, uh, North Carolina drops back to punt and Georgia breaks through the line. And the punter is basically scared shitless seeing all these guys, big guys coming after him. And he runs to the sideline trying to figure out what to do. And he looks down the field, sees one of his teammates and just heaves the ball at him. <laughs> and his teammate catches it and runs it in for a touchdown and of course at this point that pass is completely illegal but for whatever reason the referees said yeah we'll allow it north carolina wins and uh was this i i have to ask where was this game located i believe this actually happened in chapel hill okay so i i have a theory as to why the the referees decided to allow this okay it's it's because that at least my understanding of there was a, a a very real sense of danger if you ruled against the home team in these types of events. So well, like, I mean, there, there was enough of a sense of danger going against Pop Warner, who was the head coach of Georgia at the time, who apparently was throwing every expletive he knew at the referees for allowing this to happen. Meanwhile, John Heisman is up in the stands, you know, having this sort of, you know, he sees like, here's the clouds open sunlight comes down and here's the angels go ah, and it's like this is it this is how we change football this is how we make it the great and for 15 years everyone thought he was an idiot <laughs> um, so what what ended up changing it was that in you know, i think it was 1905 teddy roosevelt was a fan of football and he went to a game and he watched uh, a kid basically get maimed by a flying wedge right. and he finds out later that i think it was 17 college football players actually died from their injuries that year and teddy was like nah son we got to do it differently <laughs> his, his famous quote was change the game or forsake it <laughs> so Walter Camp's big idea was to widen the field so that there would be more room for players to run. However, uh, a year earlier, Harvard had spent uh, $500,000 in 1905 money. So we're, building... we're talking we're talking like tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars today. At this point, yes. Yeah. Uh, and they built this gigantic concrete bunker of a stadium, and it was going to cost them twice as much to tear it down and um, retrofit it for this expanded field. And the president of Harvard was like, uh, what's John Heisman's phone number again? <laughs> 
Not that phones had even been invented at this point, but right. he was just like, get me Heisman. <laughs> and, and they, and they ended up creating this sort of, um, what I don't, Lord, I don't, the words escape me at this point. They basically created this little confederation that came up with this idea to legalize the forward pass and it became a thing. Uh, so there you go. So there you go. I mean, what, what I think is, is, is the funniest. There are two really funny parts about that to me. One, um, like, I don't know how, how, how closely you, you followed college football uh, in the recent past, but Georgia tech for about 20 years was a triple option team. Um, did not, did not throw the ball just refused mm-hmm. to throw the ball. So the fact that, that the forward pass was invented at Georgia Tech is just delightful as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, that's like, invented by the ultimate Georgia Tech guy. Right. You know, the guy they named the trophy after. Right. That's who invented the forward pass. And, and it's like, and, and then they were like, you know what? No, it's, it's sort of like a, and because this is, this is how we work on this show, we talk about other sports, but um, mm-hmm. like James Naismith, terrible coach just really, really bad at coaching basketball, um, invented the game, couldn't figure it out, which I find to be, <laughs> yeah, like it's so funny to me. And so like Georgia Tech invents the forward pass and then immediately says, no, bad idea. Um, and then and then they never use it for like however many years. Right. Um, they're, apparently they're trying to now. Um, I guess you're 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 located in North Carolina, so let me know how Georgia Tech football works in the near future. I well, I, I actually have a confession to make here. I haven't really followed uh, American football now in the last ten years or so. Ten years. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's funny because you know, two thousand four me would have looked at current me and been like what (laughs) because that's when i actually started my first football blog was in 2004 i was mucking around on live journal and and kind of was got fixated carolina panthers run to the super bowl that year and i saw i think i saw deadspin had started up around the same time and i was like hey sports blogging that's a thing so i ended up creating my own nfl blog and i was just this you know lunkhead who hated soccer I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, listening to way too much Jim Rome and agreeing with all his takes. Uh, right? Yeah. Hate, and hate to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I look back on that now and just just like, oh, what was I thinking? Um, <laughs> a part of it was because, you know, I took a corner kick to the crotch when I was 13 in a pickup game. So <laughs> see, uh, like, it's, it's so funny. Like you look back on that era, like because because at that time, you know, that's. Okay, uh, hold on. Take a step back. For those of our listeners who are under the age of 30, LiveJournal was like, um, I don't know, Tumblr, but there was no centralization. So that's what LiveJournal was. Um, but, but more importantly, it's like you, you talk about like that era of the Internet, which I'm fascinated by, because you had people like Bill Simmons who completely changed and Deadspin and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of those folks who, who, who completely changed. And, and you, I'm going to include you in that. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, completely changed the way that you like watched or enjoyed or or even saw sports. Because growing up for me, it's like the only analysis or or anything of of football or basketball or anything was you know from the local paper. And then suddenly you had people who were who were speaking more or less like my language, talking about like, no, no, it's it's totally okay to say that um, you know Mushin Muhammad was was good you know, even though he did X, Y, or Z, or, right. you know, like, like, let's make a, a joke about the fact that Andre Risen got his house burned down. 
you know, which you would never see in, in, a, in a paper of record. But no. I think Bill Simmons still makes that joke. No, you would never see you would never see a paper of record hear about, you know, the the Kyle Turley going off on Mike Martz and see a headline that says die, Mike Martz, die. <laughs> uh, you I know? believe that's you I don't... Believe that's that's German for the Mike Martz. The, the Mark March. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How you doing, coach? I'm doing great today, coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out completely free completely free but they say nothing is free well apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the anchor app wow well you know i'm I'm sure that it's like you gotta have some like super complicated studio or editing software right you know i can't say that confidently but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts i'm fairly confident any moron can do it well you know any any moron can do it because again i do it now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can. I can't. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burr. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got to check Republic listener. <laughs> Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. Our what more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pra- paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're... we're we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your ideas intrigue me, and I would like to subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do you want to do you want to do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So. Dear listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. Of- um, so okay, so so you stopped watching football around around ten years ago. I mean, I, yeah. I don't I don't question why people stop watching American football because I think that anybody who is even remotely um, thoughtful has a, a cognitive dissonance about the whole thing, especially college football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I I don't know many of my like look I I watch college football, I watch pro football, I enjoy it, but there is this this moment during more or less every game where you're like. Ugh, I don't know. Like, I well, sort of feel bad about this. Yeah. I, I mean, part of it for me was I, I started really turning in 2010 when Chris Henry died. And mm-hmm. when I found out that he had the exact same brain issues that, you know, guys like Mike Webster and Justin Strells, like Mike Webster hit me particularly hard because I grew up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, yeah. the Steel Curtain defense, Jameen Joe Green and Jack Ham and Jack Lambert and, you know, Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like all those guys. It's like those were, you know, childhood heroes and seeing what happened to Mike Webster and then seeing, you know, how they discovered, you know, how he had so much brain damage from playing football and then how the NFL tried to cover it up. Yeah. Yeah. And which which is like the most Roger Goodell thing ever when yeah, you think absolutely. about it, because he he's to me is just the most he's the suit of all suits. And he's just there to make sure the league makes money and sweep everything else under the rug. And I've never been a fan of his. And so, so yeah. and, and and the way that they handled the whole thing in in I think it was 2011 when League of Denial came out, it was just mm-hmm. to me, it was just disgusting. And I just looked at it and said, this is like this is not the football that I want to support because of what it does to the players. You know, I don't see how anyone can watch that Junior Seau documentary on uh, ESPN uh, and come away from that thinking that 
American football as it is right now is a good thing. You know, I was I was actually going to bring up Junior Seau because he was he was one of the players um, like when I was a kid, like growing up, like he was like, wow, like him, uh, like there was a linebacker in Miami, Zach Thomas. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like they were like those like big 10 neck roll linebackers who, who you know, back when back when like spearing was considered a good thing and just like good hard nosed football. Right. And then, you know, obviously he, he passed away. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. It's weird. Well, not just that. passed away. He right, committed yeah. suicide. And the way yeah. that he and Dave Dewerson both committed suicide, yeah. basically shooting themselves in the heart and saying, please study my brain. I mean, that's just right. that's just one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Yeah. And that was that was for me. Um, that was for me, like when I was like, whoa, like what 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 is this? And yeah. so, you know, like there is a cognitive dissonance. And, and I, you know. I never played because I wasn't allowed to because my older brother, you know, had a had a traumatic knee injury from the game, mm. um, you know. So like it's it's hard to to watch, but then there's like, you know, like I still do it because I I don't know I I can't stop myself. But um, history, like I, yeah. And I was like yeah. I was that way for years as well. It's just like you grew up with this. This is yeah, the game you grew up with. This is the game you're accustomed to. This is the game you understand. And that's why it kind of blew my mind when I suddenly discovered like, you know, the, the roots of all of these other games of football, because now it's like, oh, wow, everyone kind of has their own thing. Let's go and explore all of these, you know, different games. And I have a real soft spot for Australian football. I really I, um, do. I, th- this is a game I believe everyone really needs to watch at some point in their lives. Uh, so I actually I'm, I'm going to take a peek behind the curtain here. I have I have uh, twin infants. So I was up at like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. pretty consecutive, pretty consistently for the last like year. So mm-hmm. I have watched Australian rules football recently. Don't know what was going on, but I, it was on. <laughs> yeah, I actually once I actually figured out the rules of the game, I realized just how much fun it was to watch. I actually introduced it to a friend of mine several years ago, and he came away from that like, I like this game. It makes <laughs> sense. So and it, um, and it and it does. You, you know, once you figure out what's going on, it's you know, it's fantastic, as opposed to something like Rugby Union, where half the time I still haven't figured out what's going on. <laughs> um so just to, to, to towards, sort of take a step back, because you went from from writing a, a American gridiron football uh, blog to now you are on a podcast with a focus on association football or soccer. So like a very when, specific focus. Yes, this yeah. is my yeah North, North Carolina FC, uh, formerly known as the Carolina Railhawks. That's my local club. I started okay. going to those games in 2007 and. I started just randomly singing a song I heard at a Toronto FC game on TV uh, once uh, during during a game, and everyone else started singing it, and I was just like, "Oh, this 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 might be my tribe. I might have I might have to hang out with these folks for a little bit." And so I ended up getting into it. You know, we had our own little you know tailgate parties and our own you know, different songs that we would sing and lots of drumming we would do in the stands and all that. And and we had our big moments as, as the Railhawks. We won a few, you know, games against uh, MLS clubs in the U S open cup. We beat okay. the LA galaxy three years in a row. That was a, a really big deal for us. Uh, I mean, and this is great. Just like that. It's stuff like that. That makes me so happy. There, there's a, if you, if you follow uh, the cup.us on um, Twitter, Every so often, they will show a photo of me holding up a sign uh, of 
Bruce Arena's face on a milk carton. <laughs> this is this was from because in 2013 uh, he came here in 2012, got beat by a, a South African player named T. Shipolani, who's who's set oh, up the winning on. the goal and I the assist. Touch, hold on, I need to I need to take a step back here. Okay, I know him because you know T. Shipolani. I do because he played for the Michigan Bucks. Oh, that's awesome. And I was what I was going to tell you is that in 2007, I too was going to a I was going to a PDL team called the Michigan Bucks, mm-hmm. um, and he and I was you know I was 16 at the time, and he uh, he, he he like like would hang out with us because there was 15 of us in the in the crowd, um, so that's that's funny. So that's our connection. Is, is there you go, T. Shipolani. Yeah. <laughs> T, T was good folks he when he when he got hurt one year he actually came up into the supporter section and banged the drum with me for a little bit so that That's was fine awesome. <laughs> but he i still remember he basically scored the the equalizer and then set up the game winning goal uh and they asked bruce arena about t ship lani afterwards and he said i i don't know who that is <laughs> basically i mean so that the running joke has always been you know bruce arena doesn't know who that is <laughs> uh and so the next year bruce arena was so upset with the open cup scheduling that he refused to come to north carolina to play us again and so we had this big poster of bruce arena's face on a milk carton so and that gets and that gets recycled every so often I, Twitter by the cup.us. I assume that 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 also got passed around unfortunately a couple of years ago when some things happened. Oh, Other- I'm sure it did. I I was probably front and center in passing it around and telling everyone fire fire everybody. Fire, fire. the whole staff. This was this was this was an abomination. Oh gosh, I still am not over it, but I think it's it's mm. technically podcast etiquette not to mention mm. that that game. Most, <laughs> most of us are not over it, you know. Yeah. We, this, this is, you know, this is this this is America. Only the women win World Cups here. That's so. true. That's true. We don't we don't win anything. They win literally everything. Exactly. Uh, so so I guess the, the the so that's how you 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 sort of got got here, but um, right. Yeah, so, so, but I was about to say I should probably say you know the the Railhawks rebranded to North Carolina FC in in 2017, and the owner who had bought the club I think two years before wanted to put his own stamp on things, and he also invited, um, or he also bought I should say the Western New York Flash, uh, and moved them here, and they became uh, the North Carolina Courage. Uh, there was a, a WUSA team back in like 2003 called the Carolina Courage that actually won a league title back then, and so he brought the Courage name back, and and we, I, we they brought a really good team. The Flash had just won uh, the NWSL title the year before, and so we came down here and we had like all of these really good players, you know, Lynn Williams, Jessica McDonald, Sam Mewis, Abby Dahlkemper, uh, Abby Erseg from New Zealand, uh, just just a whole roster of you know fantastic players and ended up winning titles like two of the last three years and i actually went to all three of those championship games and it was all of them were well the one against portland where tobin heath apparently got away with you know rugby tackling everybody wasn't any fun but every but the other two you know the revenge game in portland was spectacular and the one after that that we actually played in our own house was just brilliant yeah, I mean, like I, I was gonna say, like 
like North Carolina Courage, that sounds like, or the North Carolina FC, that sounds like a lot of fun. But let's let's talk about Sam Mewis. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's focus here. Sam Mewis is coming back. We're excited down oh, here. Is she? She, yeah, she, she uh, re-signed uh, with the Courage after uh, finishing up her season with Manchester City. So because oh. she had to she moved to Manchester City so she could get some playing time. Uh, and she always said, you know, even when she made the move that if she comes back, she wants to come back and play for the courage. And so after this season, uh, now that that season, well, now that the, the women's super league season is over in England, um, she should be coming back. She might be back in North Carolina now, actually, which is good because after what happened in Orlando on Saturday or against Orlando on Saturday, we kind of need her in the midfield. <laughs> Turns out she's kind of important. <laughs> Yeah, who who would have seen? Uh, arguably, I mean, I I think there's a good argument for best best player in the world. I mean, her, um, Sam Kerr. I, I'm sure there's somebody else. Statistically, Sam Mewis was the best player at the last World Cup. So I I, I feel like that's that's her title until someone takes it off her. Yes. So I I think that that's what we're gonna go with here. Um, <laughs> So, okay. Well, uh, I guess if, if there's, is there, is there anything you specifically want to plug right now? Um, well, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, American football and, um, you know, the fact that it still, you know, lingers on despite the fact that, you know, anyone with, you know, any sort of conscience kind of looks at it and thinks, is this, you know, is this isn't good for the players? Is this really what we should be playing? So I had this, idea a while back that just kind of like stuck in my brain uh and finally i decided just you know as to be part of the show i figured maybe it's a good idea to finally get it out there and, and let people actually look at it so i came up with this idea for something that i call new grid iron football and the idea behind it is that it is a completely different football game that can be played on top of the existing 100 yard field um the, the the existing gridiron that we know in american football today and it's it's a more wide open game it's more it's designed to greatly reduce the amount of contact between players and then reduce thus reduce the subconcussive blows that eventually lead to cte and something that i think would still be you know interesting for fans to play and entertaining for fans to watch or in interesting for people to play and in entertaining for people to watch uh so i i put together like an initial rule book i literally slapped this website together um like yesterday so <laughs> but it, if you go to uh newgridiron.football um the rules of this game or the initial rules of this game are there for anyone to take a look at and anyone who wants to, you know, look at them, critique them. If you want to get guys together and test, run a test match, you know, anything, whatever, just, uh, you know, let me know, you know, let me know about it. Um, I'm, I'm at uh, info at uh, newgridiron.football. So feel free to take a look at it. And if it interests you at all, you know, feel, let, let's, uh, let's do something with it. Maybe we, cause when it comes down to it, one of the things I learned uh, from researching the origins of football is that anyone who says that their football is the real football is a liar <laughs> and they're just they're full of shit you know because there is no such thing as real football every football game is as real as any other you know it's 
and when every game is real football, no game is real football, you know, like that line from the Incredibles. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, these are all man-made games with man-made rules. We written the rules. We can rewrite them any way we want. And we don't necessarily have to do things the way we've always done them. So I, I just learned two things. One, perhaps more important than the other. Uh, the first being that the rules of American football were not handed down at Mount Sinai. Uh, oh, no. Bible. Um, oh, no. I, that, that had been my, my, my understanding, given the way that people are so, so interested in, well, did he get two feet down or one foot down? Or did, was, was it a catch? Was it not a catch? Ridiculous. But more, exactly. importantly, more importantly, I think that we just, uh, on the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, just debuted the, uh, the future of American football. I, I think that just happened. <laughs> I may maybe we'll see. I mean, if people want to want to develop help develop it and and turn it into something, then I'm happy to help out and help them uh, help everyone turn it into something. And maybe we can see if, if uh, you know see where it goes. Absolutely. And uh, again, that that website is newgridiron.football. Um, Correct. You're going to want to put a .com at the end of that. You don't need to. Because like well, if if you go to newgridironfootball.com, you will go to the same site. Great, but I was I was actually gonna gonna make the the point that you know dot coms are old. Dot football, that's the future. Dot football is where it's at, baby. <laughs> dot football is where it's at. Um. Well, thank you so much, Dave. I actually, you know what? Actually, have one more thing to say, uh, sure. which is that um, I I'm I'm considering marketing this episode as as my discussion with Dave Warner. Um, because there is a significant population in the state of Michigan that will be like, wait a minute, Dave Warner was the offensive coordinator for Michigan State. <laughs> uh, and, and there is not a lot of love at this point, given the way that his last two offenses worked. So mm. if you accidentally get a little bit of hate mail about the way that you run uh, fly sweeps or jet sweeps, I'm sorry. I am sorry in advance. <laughs> I'll have to come up with a good joke about jet sweeps. Um <laughs> The joke is that you should never run them. The ever. joke is that the Jets haven't sweeped anything since Super Bowl three. And so. on that note, on that note I, I don't think that we're going to get better than that. <laughs> um, Dave, thank you so much. Uh, everybody, you can, you can find uh, Dave at info at newgridiron.football or on Twitter at Dave's Lounge. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, and... Uh, we, uh, we are so happy that you were here today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Asa. Thanks for having me on. And to whoever suggested that you have me on this show, thanks for remembering because I haven't talked about this stuff in years. Uh, so thank you to, to whoever suggested it. Thank you to all of our listeners. And thank you, Dave, so much. Thank you, Asa. All right. Take care. Special shout out to Jason Davis at DavisJSN on Twitter uh, for getting us in touch with Dave and leading to that that wonderful discussion that we just had. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, uh, where we're talking football, football, past, present, and future uh, all the time. And we, we love to hear from, from people, you know, see what we said, what we got right, what we got wrong. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. And if you could like, subscribe, give us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we will see you next time. Thank you so much to all of our listeners and our guests one more time, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.